you're listening to the Bible Nerd Podcast, a weekly show where we're exploring the world of the Bible, helping you fall more in love with Jesus, and building a thoughtful defense for the Christian worldview. I'm your host, Steve Schramm. Welcome to the show. Hello, my friends. Welcome into another episode of the Bible Nerd Podcast. I have a different episode for you today. So I was wrong about my view of Genesis 6 that I used to defend. And I want to share with you why I was wrong about this. And first, I want to admit what was wrong, share the context, and then share why I was wrong, and then invite you to a a, a different view. So let me just back up a little bit. A while ago, when the podcast was still called The Creation Academy, back in Lesson 54, I tackled Genesis 6 with an episode called Who Were the Sons of God? And now I just recently received a message that came in from my website with somebody essentially railing against me for the conclusion I came to in that episode. And the irony is I was a little confused at first by what he was saying because I didn't realize he was talking about that episode. This is an issue on which I've changed my view since then. Now, if you've been a listener for the last year or two, you know that I I espouse what is called the divine counsel worldview, and you may or may not have made that connection to Genesis 6 and the sons of God, but I, I have written extensively about this, not extensively, but I have written a bit about this on my website. So if you go to stevesram.com slash DCW, you will find all of my current beliefs around what Dr. Michael Heiser calls the divine counsel worldview. And I changed my position in the last few years to the divine counsel worldview, right? So I used to to hold a, loosely, I held a fallen angel view because it's what I had heard about Genesis 6 and never really questioned it. And then I studied it and came to the conclusion that the fallen angel view did not have the support that I thought it had and actually adopted the Sethite view. And that's what I shared in lesson 54. Now, I know I'm using a lot of language here that might sound, maybe you're not familiar with it or whatever. Sethite, what does that mean? Well, again, when it comes to Genesis 6, there are a few interpretations, a few different ways of looking at what's going on in Genesis 6 and determining who the sons of God are, who the Nephilim are, right, etc., So I used to take the view that they were essentially folks from the line of Seth, from the godly line of Seth. But I am now um, not convinced that that is the correct view. I am convinced more strongly than ever of the fallen angel view based on largely the work of Dr. Michael Heiser, also the work of Tim Chafee. He wrote a fantastic book that gives a good historical case for this as well, called Fallen. And I think these are all resources worth checking out. So I gave in episode 54 a refutation of the fallen angels view. And in in each of those steps, I now have an answer for those refutations from a theologically more secure place. Okay. So my purpose in this episode is not actually to explain those differences, okay? The reason is a couple fold. For one, I've explained 
my positive reasons for thinking the divine counsel worldview is true. In the articles, if you will go to steveshram.com slash DCW, you, you will see them there. I've explained them there already. And actually, there's a couple podcast episodes, at least one, I do believe, that talks directly about this. I think it's uh, Psalm 82. I forget the exact title, but it has Psalm 82 in the title, and it talks a little bit about this as well. And so some of the articles I also recorded as podcasts. And so you might even find a couple of them that have audio on them because they are podcasts as well. So you can feel free to check those out. The, the main point that I wanted to make is that I was wrong in the past about this, and it's okay to be wrong. In fact, it's okay not to know everything. And it's also okay to share what, with the awareness that you don't know everything and come back and correct it later. But I, I this has been sort of an elephant in the room, I guess, for anybody who has been engaging with my content for a while. And this is just the first person that I know of who's pointed it out to me that I used to believe this one way on this view, and now I believe another way. So you might be wondering if there's like maybe a silver bullet reason or something I can give you very quickly that would make me change course on this. Like, why did I change course on this issue? Why should you con consider changing course on this issue, et cetera? And I'll, I'll give you this. It's it's really two things. And I think this becomes evident when you read the work either of Heiser or Chafee. And that is this. There, there really does seem to be a, a bias in much of what has been written about this subject matter of anti-supernaturalism. Now, of course, these are refutations and such being written by people who believe that Jesus was born of a virgin, that God created the world, right? So, I mean, they're not anti-supernaturalists. But in a sense, this whole fallen angels mingling with the women of earth sort of thing, it's just too weird for some people, okay? And I realize I'm, that might be sounding kind of harsh. Again, Chavy's historical survey really does answer this question. Well, you see, you see this. You see how, over time, people have held these beliefs. And Martin Luther, for example, was one who specifically wrote about the fact that he was sort of disgusted by even the idea, right? He was appalled by the idea. And so there was sort of this bias against it, even if it were true. What's interesting is you don't really see dissent toward the fallen angel view at all until around the time of Augustine. So it's like, it, it's almost held universally until then. And then after that, it sort of splinters away in different traditions of Christianity, particularly Western versions of it, really moved away from this view. And honestly, because from what I can see, mostly because people thought it was weird. Okay. The other thing is the actual biblical context. Now, without getting into a, a whole debate over this, you have to understand that yes, the Bible is a supernatural book given to us by God, okay? Inspired by God, sufficient in that we needn't look beyond the Bible, okay, in order to know what is good for life and for godliness. At the same time, 
we must recognize that the writers of the Bible were human authors, and humans have brains. <laughs> okay? And the human brain interacts with things going on in the world around. People with a human brain read the written word of other humans, etc. So nothing in the Bible that was written was written absent of a context. Okay? It's not as though information was just downloaded into the, the mind of the writer. Okay? Things were guided by God. This process of inspiration, of, of inspiring the biblical text that we were in. It was a process inspired and superintended by God over the course of millennia by human authors who had a brain and who read, okay, and who were aware of things going on around them. And when you factor those things together, okay, it becomes abundantly clear that there is a context to the events of Genesis 6 that is well known and well understood by scholars of the Bible, by scholars of other ancient Near Eastern materials. And we're not talking about pagan mythicism or ideas making their way into the Bible. That's not it at all. Okay? Clearly, there's a connection between the biblical book of Genesis and chapter 6 and the non-biblical book of First Enoch, which both Peter and Jude make reference to in the New Testament as being aware of that context and tying it back to the angelic rebellion of Genesis 6. So in short, once you put all the details together and you're fully aware of that context, it is, I just wish I could give everybody the same like realization that I had. It's just abundantly clear. It's just other explanations after you've seen this feel forced. They feel like hand-waving. So again, I know I have not been very specific in terms of like refuting the Sethite view and, and bringing in the divine council worldview or the sons of God as fallen angels view. But again, I, I hope you'll turn to some of the resources I mentioned, the ones I've created, the ones by Michael Heiser. You can get his book, Supernatural, or his book, The Unseen Realm. These are both great books. Tim Chafee's book, Fallen. Again, a fantastic book that you should grab if you're interested in this. Maybe at some point I will do like a detailed look at the different views. Um, there's three main views, the fallen angels view, the Sethite view, and then the, oh, I forget what they call it. I think it's the divinized kings view. Uh, that is another really popular one. Inspiring philosophy, uh, Mike Jones on YouTube. You can check him out. He did a, a video on this. Divinized human rulers, I believe is what he calls it. He takes that view. And so I, I, I right, so, so it's not as though this is like a settled debate. But I just, I can't see it any other way now after having actually looked into this and taken the divine counsel perspective. It really seems to answer all the questions that the other views leave wanting. All right. So I was wrong. I admit it. I was wrong about something that I publicly taught before. I think you should be willing to follow people who admit they're wrong, even if you don't agree with them. I think that it's rare to find people who will admit that they are wrong. It's rare to find people that you can trust to give you the best and most accurate data that they know how. And so I just, it's my prayer that I be that sort of resource for you. I would never want to teach something as my own belief and 
mislead or intentionally misguide anyone. So I just wanted to kind of bring that to you today, kind of actually put that stake in the ground and say, yes, I, I, I taught publicly differently about this issue in the past than I believe about it now. Brief explanation as to why, some context for that background. If I could leave you with anything, it would be this. It would be the context of scripture matters. In fact, the contexts, multiple contexts of scripture matter. So long as we view scripture in a vacuum, we will not have answers to the same questions that biblical writers were asking and answering. And in order to fully understand what the Bible says, we need to bathe ourselves in that context as much as possible. Look at it. It's just, the reality is just that biblical writers were not 21st century Westerners. They just weren't. They saw things differently. They thought categorically differently. They answered different questions. And so the more we can bathe ourselves in their worldview and understand those things as we're looking at scripture, the better off we will be. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging around with me on the Bible Nerd Podcast. Thank you for giving me grace. Thank you for empowering me to admit when I'm wrong. Thank you for holding me accountable. I love you guys. I really appreciate having you as listeners. And I, I can't wait to see you in the next episode. Y'all take care.